Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks of taking all the good we got and turning it back? Hell, I'll be damned. I think I'm turning into my old man. Am I the only one willing to bleed or take a bullet for being free? Screaming, what the hell at my TV for telling me?
Toronto Plaza Direct. King's Court starts now. St. Louis and all parts north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in, Kevin Slayton with you in the window world, King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. This is where you bring uh, we bring you the live show every morning, 7 to 9 Central Time. Podcast, of course, can be heard right here on our website. Also at Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place you listen to podcasts. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636 538 0746, because we're not afraid of what you might have to say or you may differ with us. As long as you back it up, we back ours up. This show brings you the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence, and you can't get that anywhere else. Go ahead and look. You'll spend a lot of time looking because you won't find it. But we bring it to you here. Ron DeSantis will announce tonight, I suppose, on Twitter, at least that's the word that the reporting is being done, that he will run for president. So the already crowded Republican field gets a little bit more crowded. Most observers would think it's going to be Donald Trump, and then if not, it would be DeSantis. Trump enjoys a huge lead in the polls right now, but that's meaningless because those things tend to tighten up, if they're accurate to begin with. I find it illustrative that as soon as a black man, Tim Scott, announced he was running, the left-wing lunatics, the lug nuts like the Whoopi Goldbergs and and the Joy Reeds, couldn't wait to pounce on him. He's a token. He's an Uncle Tom. And then when Ron DeSantis, the white man, announces that he's going to run, he's a racist. And, of course, a travel advisory is issued to Floridians, or not to really Floridians, but to any black people traveling to Florida. And that travel advisory, as you well know by now, was issued by the NAACP, whose head lives in Florida. (laughs) Honestly, you couldn't make this up. If you created, you said, I'm going to create a group of people that are so ungodly stupid, it would tax the imagination, you still couldn't come up with the level of stupidity displayed by liberals. You just couldn't do it. It's too hard. 
Even using your wildest imagination, you can't imagine people this dumb. If you were writing a novel of stupid people, you wouldn't come up with this. You'd be afraid you'd be laughed right out of the publisher's office. But they are. They really are that stupid. And then when he's busted on his idiocy, his ungodly hypocrisy, you'll hear what that NAACP chief said today right here on the show. If you can find me a liberal that is not a hypocrite, I'll find you a miracle. Because that will be a miracle. It is the number one trait of liberals, second only to lying, pathological lying and hypocrite. Those are the two descriptions of all liberals, and I mean all liberals. Intellectually lazy is another thing that applies to all of them. But those things are without question. So you'll hear from the Whoopi Goldbergs, the Joy Behores, who slanders Tim Scott. Tim Scott's response to them as well. You'll hear the racist Tiffany Cross and what she had to say before she was fired for being a racist. (laughs) Wait till you hear what the CEO of Target is saying about the stupidity that Target displayed. I'm telling you, these woke companies deserve to go under. They deserve to go belly up. And they're heading that way. And, And anytime you listen to what The View is saying about Ron DeSantis, keep this in mind. The View is owned by Disney. Now, the Whoopi Goldbergs and the Joy Behores of the world will never tell you that up front. You have to find that out on your own, and we did. You're going to hear this morning from Stephen Miller about what foreign policy issues are going to be the biggest ones in the upcoming election and which candidates will address them best. You'll hear from a man who compares Walmart to the rest of the country and says, Why shouldn't we let the people that run Walmart run the United States? And he gives factual backup on it. You're going to love it. The evidence is clear. If not Donald Trump, then whoever's running Walmart should run this country. I remember when Donald Trump said he would run it like a business, and the Pelosi's of the world, the the real dummies, the the mental, mental midgets like Pelosi, you can't run the government like you run a business. That's exactly how you run the government, and you can't run it like a business because you've never run a business in your life. And you somehow think, arrogantly so, that running this government takes some sort of genius, like you, of course. I will say this, too, about liberals. They come up with the most despicable characters that you could ever create. Again, if you're writing a novel and you wanted to come up with the most rotten form of humankind you still would not come up with someone like Pelosi or Schumer or Biden or Obama or Swalwood. You wouldn't come up with these people or Swalwell. There's no way you could create monsters like this and have anyone believe you. They'd say, no, come on, Kevin, that Pelosi character in your book, there's nobody like that. But they are. And then, of course, the media people. So all of that's coming your way today. You also hear from one of the dumbest people God ever created, Nicole Wallace, as she mocks James Comer's investigation. That's rich. Wait till you hear that. And Swalwell will tell you that yesterday the Ethics Committee cleared him in his 
affair with Fang Fang of any criminal wrongdoing. And he claims that he knew he was going to be cleared because the FBI said so. I got news for Swalwell. Claiming the FBI as your source of good behavior is about the worst thing you can do today. Don't know if you're aware of the latest with the lunatic, quote-unquote, adjunct professor at Hunter College in New York. After we discussed her F bomb-laden tirade against a pro-life couple of students who had a table set up dispensing pro-life literature when this so-called professor MF'd these kids left and right, threw their books on the floor, their pamphlets, threw them at them. The school stood behind the psychotic professor. Then last night, a reporter from the New York Post traced this quote-unquote professor to her apartment in the Bronx, knocked on the door, and when the professor came and opened the door, came with a machete, a large machete, and put it against the reporter's throat and threatened to chop him into pieces. The school has now fired her. What do you know? They strongly condemn her behavior now, but they didn't strongly condemn anything. In fact, they said it was consistent. They backed her up, Shalene Rodriguez. She better be going to jail. Where's Alvin Bragg? That's New York. Where's the prosecution? Where are the charges? We'll wait for them. We better see them. You're going to hear DeRoy Murdoch from the Wall Street Journal, who I think is a very brilliant guy, a black guy, who really puts it in perspective with the supposed pro-black party, the liberals, who claim to be pro-black. He's got some facts for you. And I've got some facts about our friends from Window World, too. 314-993-1800 will get you a free in-home estimate. 314-993-1800. Now, they'll come out to your house. They'll prove to you, as they did to me, how they're simply the best for less. And you can compare their products. You can compare the same amount of windows with the same characteristics with the competition. We've done it for you. Listeners have done it. If you buy Window World windows versus the opposition, the competition, you'll spend one-third the amount on Window World as you would on the competition. And you'll get a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass, breakage, and labor. Lifetime warranty. Because Window World uses double strength in their uh, glass in their windows. That's not an upsell. It's not an extra. It's what they do. They'll also give you an 18-month same-as-cash financing plan with approved credit. Nobody else will. You'll be getting the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, the windows that I have in my house. Your utility bills will come down as mine did because Window World windows do not allow your cool air in the summer to escape and invite your warm air in, your hot air like we're coming into now. And they also don't let the warm air, the toasty air, get out of your house in the winter and allow the snow and the cold to come in. So your utility bills will save you money. Your air conditioner and your furnace aren't running 24-7. That'll save you a lot of money if you had to replace those. So that's the Window World way. Give them a call. Get the free in-home estimate, 314-993-1800. I know that you'll be glad you did. That much I know. It works. Worked for me, that's for damn sure.
So where do we start? Well, probably with a view, don't you think? Isn't that a good place to start when you're talking about liberal stupidity, asininity, bigotry? The big black bigot Whoopi Goldberg, while not doing a lap dance on Sonny Hostin Houston's lap, and Hostin Houston, of course, acting like some sex goddess that she thinks she is, this actually took place on television. It has probably poisoned in the minds of young men at bachelorette parties ever getting a lap dance ever again. It's doubtful that any man who saw the video will ever, ever inquire as to a lap dance. Just think about it. Whoopi Goldberg. It's pretty disgusting. And the rest of the little sluts on the set, too, were egging her on, clapping. That little runt Anna Navarro. Good grief. Do you really just go out of your way to find the worst possible human beings you can find and then claim that they're so-called journalists? <laughs> when did Joy Behor or Whoopi Goldberg ever become a journalist? Sonny Hostin Houston ever become a journalist? It's laughable, isn't it? But it doesn't stop them from calling Tim Scott and Uncle Tom a token he has no idea. He's not in. He doesn't connect with the black people. Oh, he doesn't. He's black. Came from not so wonderful beginnings. Raised his game and became a U.S. senator. Who's now running for the presidency? But Whoopi Goldberg couldn't stand that he is running. Yesterday slammed into him. Then, or excuse me, two days ago slammed Tim Scott. Then yesterday, referring to this cat in Florida, Ron DeSantis. This cat down in in Florida. Oh. Mm. I mean, mm. black people know there's a problem in Florida. Yep. That's what I just wanted to say. To the Mickey Mouse knows there's a problem everybody, in Florida. Everybody knows. Problem. You know. Problem. Listen to Navarro. Everybody knows there's a problem in Florida. I'm a big butt. Yeah, you are, Whoopi. You are a big butt. But this cat down in Florida, all black people know there's a problem in Florida. They do. Why does Florida lead the country in black-owned businesses if all black people know there's a problem in Florida? There's a problem in Florida because Ron DeSantis is running for president. You don't want him to win. And so you'll slander him. You'll tar and feather him just as you do President Trump. And you'll call him a racist because that's what liberals do. So Donald Trump is a racist. Now Ron DeSantis is a racist. I'm sure Tim Scott, as an Uncle Tom, is also a racist, traitor, whatever he is, whatever they call him. Again, keep in mind that every word out of Whoopi Goldberg or any of the rest of them, Navarro, Bahor, Houston, Houston, any word out of their mouths, regarding Ron DeSantis, is tainted and unethical because they're owned by Disney, the very company that Ron DeSantis has taken on and defeated. So it's nothing but sour grapes from the big mouths and the big butts like Whoopi Goldberg. I'm a big butt. Yeah, you sure are. We'll never forget it either, especially after viewing that video. God, I should have never looked at it. 
I saw the headline and I clicked on the headline to read about it and the video popped up. Oh. Vomiting is the first reaction that you have. But actually I get the same reaction every time I look at Whoopi Goldberg. That's a creature. Now Bahor, of course, has to go after Tim Scott and lie about I mean, the lies these people tell you. Well, I'll let her lie. Go ahead, Bahor, lie. He's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it. Neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. Ah, that's why they're Republicans, because Tim Scott believes in pulling himself up by his bootstraps. Has anyone ever before in the history of mankind said that in a derogatory way? Only Bahor would say that. So if you believe in working hard, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, succeeding in life, in Bahor's mind, that's wrong. You don't get it. You don't get the racism that exists in this country. Systemic, she said. It's constant. It's nonstop, the racism. They hate Tim Scott because he said that this is not a racist country. So they hate him for that. What do you mean you're taking the only thing we have? We don't have good policy ideas. We don't know how to lower your taxes. We raise them. We don't know how to put more money in your 401k. We bankrupt you. We don't know how to close the borders. We leave them wide open. But we know how to scream race. We scream it every day. And when you say it's not a racist country, we're coming for you. Tim Scott, uh, they said two days ago, Sonny Host in Houston, that until you're the rule and not the exception, you need to shut up. Are you the exception? I'm not the exception. I'm actually the rule. Every kid trapped in a failing school today can look at big, big, big liberals, big labor unions, and blame them. Every parent who wants a choice, look to the Republican Party, look to the GOP, but more importantly, look at Americans, African Americans, Hispanic Americans, the majority of Americans all agree on school choice. What's in the way of that? What's in the way of providing a child with a better education and a better future? The radical left. Well, let me explain to you, Tim Scott, what's in the way of it. The radical left in the form of this. They don't want kids to be educated. They want to indoctrinate them. So school choice stands in the way of their indoctrination. This super clown in North Carolina, that governor, who's now screaming and yelling about school choice Republicans while his children go to a private school. Once again, what did I say? One of the main ingredients of being a liberal is hypocrisy. If you're not a hypocrite, you can't be a liberal. They won't let you in. They just won't let you in. So that's exactly right. They don't want kids to be educated. They don't want parents to have free choice. What do you mean school choice? We run your life. We'll dictate to you where your kids go to school, not you. You're the parent, for God's sake. We're Democrats. We're liberals. We know what's best for you. And you'll toe the line, by golly. Otherwise, we'll destroy you and your life and your job. That's how we roll when we're liberals. And we'll try to destroy Tim Scott. It's not going to work, by the way. Tim Scott's not going to win, I don't believe. But it's not going to be because of them. 
That's for certain. So Leon Russell is one of the uh, top dogs at the NAACP. He's the one issuing this travel ban, and he lives in Tampa, Florida. So he wants blacks not to travel to Florida, but (laughs) except for him. He'll go ahead and live there. But when you point it out to him, he's not very happy about it. Most hypocrites aren't very happy when you point out their hypocrisy. But he really doesn't like us knowing that he lives there. In fact, he says we're lying about it. First of all, he's full of bull****. Secondly, need to understand that it's not about money. It's about people. It's about humanity. Second And thirdly, quite frankly, we haven't... We haven't told anybody to leave. Need to stand our ground in Florida and fight and understand that the fight is a political fight. Oh, the cat's out of the bag. It's a political fight. So if Ron DeSantis wasn't running for president, you wouldn't issue a travel advisory to Florida for black people. What do you mean you're not telling people to leave? You're telling all black people not to come there. That's what you're telling them. You're warning them about some horrid thing that will happen to them. My God, I'm black. I can't go to Florida. The guy who lives there tells me not to. What will I do? I can't think for myself. That's what liberals think of black people. They can't think for themselves, so the liberals have to think for them. The very liberals who are incapable of critical thinking on their own. So they must tell you, oh, don't go to Florida. Wouldn't that be the greatest insult to you if I'm a white guy? So if, if, a, if a white candidate or if a white organization said, hey, we're issuing a travel advisory for white people, don't go to Florida, it's dangerous, wouldn't I take that as the ultimate insult that I'm so stupid that I can't recognize for myself what's safe and what's not? I'm going to tell you this. Every state in this country is safe for people to travel to unless you're going to an urban city. Then it's not. You know what I'm talking about. The cities run by black people. Those cities. We're talking about Baltimore, Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis. All of those cities. New York City. Those are the dangerous cities, not just for black people, but for whites, for Hispanics, for Asians, for women. The only dangerous spots in this country are run by black people. Hacks, black political hacks. So if you want to find the problem, there it is. Well, I'm sure that's systemic racism on my part to point out facts that the black run urban cities are the most dangerous cities in America to visit or to live in. Not Florida, Tampa, Florida, Miami, St. Petersburg, Orlando, Daytona. Tallahassee, none of those cities are dangerous. There's not a place in Florida that's dangerous for blacks or anyone else. But it sounds better if you can scream and fear into people's hearts, stir that racial pot. We hate DeSantis, so Florida's a racial place. What happens if, let's say, Tim Scott starts to pull ahead in the Republican primaries? All of a sudden, the NAACP going to issue a statement that a travel advisory, South Carolina, is dangerous for black people. 
What if Christy Noam would jump into the race and take the lead? South Dakota is dangerous for black people to visit. Travel advisory. So he admitted it there at the end, Leon Russell did, that it's all political. Who takes the NAACP seriously? Anybody? I mean, literally, anybody? Black people? There's not a chance they take them seriously. I'll bet you there's not one black person other than these paid hacks on television or these imbecile politicians who would think for one second that Florida is a dangerous place to visit or to live. And the proof of that is all these black congressmen and these women of color like Sandy Cortez, they go to vacation there. So I guess it's not too dangerous. Only when it benefits them politically. For Biden's part, he dispatched his little black lesbian to dodge that question when she was asked if the White House agrees with the travel ban. I'll let NAACP, I'll let uh, LULAC speak to their specific uh, uh, specifics of their travel advisories. But this administration is going to, as we have for the past two years, continue uh, to speak out against discriminatory uh, policies uh, pushed by state state leaders across the country. <laughs> We're going to continue to speak out about discriminatory policies. Well, she said discriminatory, which... The woman can't, she can't even read correctly, right? She's reading every word of that, discriminatory. It's discriminatory, but no no big deal. You're an idiot. Everybody knows you're an idiot. You're a blubbering buffoon. You are, however, a black lesbian, which makes you employable in the Biden regime, simply because you're a black lesbian. You need no other talents, no other qualifications. All whack jobs are welcome. But the bigotry and the race spewing and the racial baiting was not done. Joy Reid had to weigh in, of course, and her guest, another black female, Tim Scott, look out because you really are a racist. Tim Scott will have to face his ancestors one day. I don't know what kind of people they were, but he will have to answer for all the choices he's made, all the decisions. He has to essentially endorse, right, white power structure, and he cannot step off that, 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 you know, that team for not even a little. I feel sorry for him that he has to go into the history books this way, but apparently that's where he wants to be. She feels sorry for him that he has to go in the history books as the first black senator from the South in history. Why is that something to feel sorry for him about? Feel sorry that he wants to run for president and he has policies that will work, but he doesn't want to spew your racial hatred? You feel sorry for him? I feel sorry for a wig-wearing lunatic who lies every single day of her life. That's who I feel sorry for. How many wigs do you wear? Something new every day, which just dispels, or excuse me, which just supports your fraud behavior. You're just a phony. Everything about Joy Reid is a phony. She may not even be black. Who knows? I love these media people and these political people who become black just because it will help them. Obama, for instance, Harris, neither are black. Neither one of them. They have black in them, but they're not black in the sense of Tim Scott, for instance. He is black. And the racist Tiffany Cross, who weighed in a while back about Donald Trump, and this was just before she was fired for being a racist. This week, the sole black Republican in the Senate sounded a stone fool when he said this. Hear me clearly. 
America is not a racist country. There are two sides to every token. So thirsty for white approval. I could go into great detail refuting each of his asinine points, but he did that for me. And moreover, a lesson I've learned, don't argue with people Harriet Tubman would have left behind. I misspoke. I said she was talking about Trump. She was talking, of course, about Tim Scott. She could go into great detail to refute every point he made, his every asinine point he made. But notice how she then didn't do that. There's not a single liberal alive that ever gives you an example of any so-called racism that they, they scream and yell about. When they say negative things about a political candidate who happens to be conservative, they never, ever, ever give you an example. Ever. Tiffany Cross is one of the great racists of this country, was fired by a liberal network because she's too much of a racist. Can you imagine that? How much of a racist do you have to be to get fired by MSNBC? Good God. When your hatred for white people is so ungodly, even the lunatic liberals fire you. He's a stone-cold fool for saying America's not racist. Except that it isn't. And she can't give a single example of where it is racist. As a country, tell me, prove to me, show me how America is racist. If anything, the white man in America is under nonstop attack. Now, you want to call that racism? Go ahead. But it's never been better to be black in this country. Never. DeRoy Murdoch is a very learned columnist for the Wall Street Journal, a very smart guy when he weighs in on topics. He is black. And he had a good point. Why don't you celebrate the two black men running for president in the Republican Party, Larry Elder and Tim Scott, as opposed to downgrading them as tokens? You don't have to be a supporter of, of Tim Scott to celebrate the fact that uh, we now have not just him, but also Larry Elder. We have two black men running for the GOP nomination. Uh, people have said, oh, the Republican Party is a lily white party. So now you have two Republican, uh, two blacks running for president. So they're tokens. So which is it? They're never happy with that. He's right. They have two black guys running for president. Instead of celebrating it, they call them tokens. Well, you can't make unhappy people happy. I think DeRoy Murdoch probably knows that. It's an impossibility. But what an insult, what a slap in the face to black people everywhere. That the minute you run as a conservative, you're a token, you're an Uncle Tom. Now, black people in the black community, they don't think that way. Some of them do. But for the most part, you won't find many black people who are going to say that Tim Scott or Larry Elder or Uncle Toms are tokens because they run for the Republican nomination. Donald Trump got one out of every five black male vote. That's an all-time record. You know that's going to go up because the numbers for Biden when he got quote-unquote elected were 82% of black men. It's already dropped to 52%. If that number holds, look out. There's no chance he can win against anybody. It's pretty amazing. And instead of the policy ideas of Tim Scott or Larry Elder, they, have, they both have policy ideas, both very strong policy ideas, I might add, if you listen to them and pay attention. 
What they want to run as, I completely agree with. But I listen to them. There's not a single liberal who listens to Larry Elder or Tim Scott and knows what they stand for. Not one of them. The imbeciles, the single-digit IQ group on The View owned by Disney, had to spew their same old bullshit. They have no idea what Tim Scott stands for, no idea what Larry Elder stands for. They're just, they just want you to know that they're tokens and they're Uncle Toms and they have Clarence Thomas syndrome. I wish I had Clarence Thomas syndrome. You know what Clarence Thomas syndrome is? Uber successful. That's what Clarence Thomas syndrome is. In spite of being accused of, uh-oh, being an Uncle Tom, in spite of being accused of sexual harassment, they pulled out all the Gatling guns to try to mow down Clarence Thomas when he was uh, nominated for the Supreme Court. Somehow the imbeciles on The View think that to mention Clarence Thomas with another black name means bad stuff for that other black person. It's the highest compliment you could get if you're black. If you're a black man running for office or, or trying to make your way in the political world in this country, being compared to Clarence Thomas is one of the greatest compliments you can get. He's probably, along with Alito, the two most intelligent justices on the Supreme Court. So instead of attacking policy ideas, if you tell me, hey, Tim Scott or Larry Elder stand for X, Y, and Z, and I don't stand for that, I can listen to that argument. But if you want to tell me because they're black conservatives that their Uncle Toms are their tokens, you're full of crap. And nobody's going to listen to you anymore. People are tired of you. And Dory Murdoch didn't let that go unnoticed. You're a bad black, black person. You're a token. You're a traitor. You're a sellout. This sort of thing. Uh, Larry Elder was called the white face of, uh, sorry, the black face of white supremacy. I mean, this is appalling, disgusting, hideous rhetoric, and it's what you expect from the left. And what these people want is uh, they want black folks to just line up, be, be quiet, vote for Democrats. If you think independently, they'll attack you for that. That is exactly what the liberals want from blacks. They want you to shut up, get in line, vote for us, and go away. We'll call on you again in four years. Until then, we don't want to hear from you. We don't care what you think. We don't care what your problems are in your community. We don't care if you have enough police uh, protection. In fact, we're going to take some away. That's what they want from black people. That's what they think of black people. And how the black community isn't onto that 100% is beyond my comprehension. Are people in the black community proving the Democrats to be right, that they're too stupid to see this? Honestly, you would have to be Stevie Wonder not to see this. DeRoy Murdoch is black. He just told you what liberals think of you if you're black. And he's right. That's what they think of you. And it isn't one or two of them. It's all of them. That's the liberal philosophy regarding black people. Use you until they can't use you anymore. Get your vote and then tell you to shut up again. Because we've got you under our thumb. And if you don't vote for us, you ain't black. That's what their leader said. The ultimate insult. Just imagine how many ways does that insult a black person? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. 
So I'm going to dictate to you how you vote if you're black because you can't make your own mind up, but I'm going to do it for you. So if you don't vote for me, you're not even black. It's not you're stupid. You're not even black. Who would listen to that and put up with it? Some black people do. Where their brains are, I have no idea. But the pro-black party, that's what the Democrats always tell you they've been through history. DeRoy Murdoch, what does their record tell us? What does the actual record tell us about the way the pro-black party has treated black people? The Democrats at any point, the pro-black party could have had a black Democrat on the South. They did not manage to get around that, to that until January 2021 when Raphael Warnock won that special election down in Georgia. So if this party is so pro-black, how come they didn't get a black Democrat in from the South from 1881 until 140 years later in 2021? Shame on them. Shame on them is right. 140 years later, took. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Tim Scott, Tim Scott did it. How come the the Democrats couldn't do it? The Republicans were able to pull it off. But where were you? They also founded the Klan, we know that. That's a fact. Pretty incredible, isn't it? So Droy Murdoch is spot on. You know who else says it's time for blacks to change in the way they vote? And this is becoming more and more obvious in the black community. There, a lot of their entertainment, uh, their folks that are in entertainment are saying the same thing. Ice Cube, for instance, he's a black rapper. He wants change, and he wants it now. Black people have supported Democrats, you know, uh, overwhelmingly for mm-hmm. 50, 60 years. And and nothing has changed, so something's got to change. Something's got to change. I hope the black community is listening. 50, 60 years, and they've done nothing for you. DeRoy Murdoch is so correct. Shut up. Keep quiet. Here's who you vote for, us. Get in line, and then keep quiet. The big mouth of big mouths, LeBron James, claims, you know, I'm not just going to shut up and dribble. Well, actually, that's what the Democrats want you to do. They want you to shut up and dribble. Actually, I want you to do that, too. And I don't even care if you dribble. He's now threatening to retire after he got his ass kicked again. Well, retire. Just be gone. Be gone from the United States. Please move somewhere else because we live in this racist country. You seem to dig China quite a bit. You defend China every chance you can. You Chinese sycophant. That's all LeBron James is. That's all he's ever been. Well, I'm sure you saw what Target did, right? Target decided that they would attack children directly. Not indirectly, but directly. They didn't see the Bud Bud Light example staring them in the face they didn't see the disney example staring them in the face target decided blindly so to march forward into the cesspool that is the trans community and all this lgbtq crap and go after kids front and center and by front and center i mean front and center right in the front right in the middle of their stores they put this gigantic display of all kinds of kids clothing shirts 
shorts, T-shirts, underwear, with all of these messages, all of this gay pride, all this crap on there. Well, it didn't go over very well. And all of a sudden, they're scrambling. Remember Anheuser Bush, as soon as this happened with Bud Light, all the InBev people were scrambling, summoning everybody to New York for major high-level meetings. Well, that's what Target's doing all of a sudden. And one person with knowledge of the meeting said, we were given 36 hours, told to take all of our pride stuff and move it into a section that's a third of the size from where it was, from the front of the store to the back of the store. I think given the current situation with Bud Light, the company is terrified. Well, they ought to be terrified. They really ought to be terrified. Brittany Mayer is one of three women who founded uh, a company, and they're saying no more. Our kids are not going to be targets. Well, right now it looks like Target got in bed with the devil. And if you don't like that, it's time now to get really loud. Parents, pastors, consumers, they are making it pitifully obvious for you to see that we are in a war of good versus evil and your children are the target. So if we want to win, it's going to take all of us getting involved. And that's why we invite you into this battle at the battle cry underscore us on Instagram Get involved. Get loud. Let Target know that we are ready to bud light them yep. if they don't call it quits now. We have the power to push back and tell them enough is enough. Battlecry.com. That's the name of their company. Three women founded it. Mothers. They're not putting up with it. I love it when she snapped her finger. Enough's enough. You know, we thought when they started attacking parents at school board meetings and the Department of Justice characterizing them as domestic terrorists with FBI agents spying on their every move in high school parking lots, grade school parking lots. Now they're coming right after your kids directly. They don't even care anymore. These woke companies are attacking your children. Brian Cornell is the CEO of Target and a really stupid guy who apparently thinks woke works. We want to do the right thing to support families across the country. And I'm really proud of the work we've done in the DEI space. When you walk into a store and you feel at home and it represents the community, it makes a huge difference. I think those are just good business decisions and it's the right thing for society and it's the great thing for our brand. Is it? Why are you having emergency meetings, high-level executives? Why is everybody terrified? Why were the stores given 36 hours to move all that crap out of there into the back of the store in a little tiny space if it's so wonderful for your brand? Another clown who's in charge of a company who apparently didn't see this coming? Seriously? You had Bud Light's example. You had Disney's, Disney's example. And you missed it? What do the shareholders, what do the board of directors think of this guy at Target? But all these high-level meetings up in Minneapolis are going on right now. Target is scurrying. They're terrified. And they should be. Because, first of all, their main competition is Walmart. Walmart kicks your ass regularly. And now you've given them more reason to kick your ass. More ammunition. And Walmart will gladly kick your ass some more. They'll throw you around like a rag doll, step on you, 
squelch you into oblivion. That's what Walmart does. And they can do it because they're that big and they're that powerful and they're that successful. Maybe Brian Cornell doesn't quite understand success. Well, he clearly doesn't. He runs Target. So he clearly doesn't understand success, which is sad in its own right, since he's the CEO of a major company. It's embarrassing. So DeSantis is is running. He'll announce it tonight, but he's doing it in a strange way. He's doing it on Twitter with Elon Musk, and they say they're going to be open to questions from people, not just media, but regular people, except there's not going to be any video. It's going to, I suppose, going to be somewhat like a radio, audio broadcast, or how is it going to work? We won't find out till tonight. But what's DeSantis thinking here, Charlie Hurt? Ron DeSantis is stealing a page from Trump's playbook uh, where you go around the traditional media, you go directly to people, you hijack social media just the way Trump did in 2016, and uh, and Trump proved that you can actually take it all the way to the presidency by doing that. He did, but Donald Trump had the force of personality as well. Donald Trump had a loyal, and still does, a loyal following. Right now, the polls say... 56 to 19, Trump leads DeSantis. Now, that lead did nothing but increase when Trump was charged in New York City with that stupid crap that Alvin Bragg created. And I'm starting to believe, and some other people believe it too, that they want Donald Trump as the nominee, the liberals do, because they think they can beat him. They think they can tarnish him enough that they can beat him. And they don't want anybody else. Be careful what you wish for, I always say. So now what will DeSantis do? How is he going to engage with Donald Trump? Now, there is debates that are scheduled. Trump has indicated he will skip the debates. He doesn't need to be a part of them. He's up 40 points. I get his logic. But if I were him, I'd go do it anyway. No one can debate with Trump, not DeSantis, not Tim Scott, not Nikki Haley, none of them. We've seen it before. Ted Cruz is one of the great debaters of all time, was so when he was at Harvard Law School. But he couldn't hold up to Donald Trump. Trump's a street fighter. And unless you are, you're not going to beat him in a debate. You're just not. So what if Trump skips the debates? What is DeSantis going to do then? How do you close that gap? I don't think you do. I also believe that DeSantis waited too long to announce. What was the point of that? Once Donald Trump announced, and once Donald Trump started taking uh, commercial shots at DeSantis, DeSantis should have announced immediately. I mean, you've got to respond to some of that. The dangerous thing is to have Trump brand you. Once he brands you, you're in trouble. You can't get unbranded. And DeSantis ceded all of that territory to Trump while he was running but not running. He couldn't raise money off it because he didn't announce he was running. Molly Hemingway knows just how tough it is to run against Donald Trump. 
The problem for anyone taking on Trump is that Trump is wildly popular in the Republican Party, particularly for what he did. So probably be wise for Ron DeSantis to say that he, uh, I'm not sure if he needs to say this, but convey that he supports the Trump agenda, that he loves everything that that brought the country, and that he is a more winning, he, he could do a better job of winning. That might be the message that he should convey tomorrow night. Well, uh, that's tonight, of course. That may be the message he should convey, but how in the world do you convey that with any credibility that you have a better chance of winning than Donald Trump when you're getting your ass beat in the polls, when it was Donald Trump who put you over the top in Florida the first time you ran for governor? You then implemented all of Donald Trump's policies in Florida, smartly so. That was the wise course of action for Ron DeSantis. It made him a rock star. So you've essentially been mini-Trump. The people in Florida know all about you. They love you. But what about the people in Iowa? Well, they'll find out about you, but what are they going to find out? How does Ron DeSantis, or any of the Republican candidates for that matter, distinguish themselves from Donald Trump's policies? They can't if they want to win. And so if you confess to everyone that, you know, I'm running against this guy who has all the best policies, I'm just going to imitate them, well, why would I vote for you? I don't know that you will. To some degree, we know DeSantis will. He's been a governor. But I know Trump will. I know exactly what Donald Trump will do if he's president. He will stand up to our adversaries. He will put tariffs on China. He will close the borders. He will make us energy independent again. He will establish peace in the Middle East, the only president in the history of our country who has. He will continue on that uh, regard. There will be no endless wars. The war in Ukraine, I agree with him. He's right. It'll end in 24 hours once he's in office. We'll get tax cuts again. We won't pay higher taxes. Our 401ks will be solidified once again. So we know the things that will happen under Trump. The liberals do not want you to know that. They'll never talk about Donald Trump's record, ever. Just give give yourself a little test. Turn on CNN or MSNBC for one hour. When they talk about Trump, see if they ever mention anything he accomplished. They will not. They won't mention one thing. Biden claims that somehow he's getting short shrift. Oh, look what we've done. The media just won't won't promote us like they should. Well, first of all, they do. Secondly, you haven't done anything. I keep hearing Obama, he's he's got a story to tell. What story? That he can't tell a story? What's the story that Biden has to tell? Higher taxes, bankrupt, 401ks, people's investments gone. People retire, who retired now have to go back to work. That's Biden's story. High inflation, record high inflation, record high ta- uh, gas prices, no more energy independence. We're a laughing stock internationally. Our adversaries are moving on us. That's Biden's story. What other, what other, what am I missing? What is, what else is Biden's story? They love to claim he got stuff done. The build back better bill. Ooh, what's that done for anybody? All these things that Biden got past these two or three bills, they were all filled with special interest. I mean, Obama's life partner got a park named after it. That was in one of these bills. 
these these things that they that they have liberals have that they passed have nothing in there for you and me nothing it's unbelievable isn't it i mean it's just it's simple for donald trump in my opinion it's it's simple You know, what, what are they going to say about Trump? I mean, they're gonna, well, they're going to tell you all the same old lies that they tell you. But, I mean, how do you attack Donald Trump's record? They're not about to attack his bad hiring practices because those are the people they hire. <laughs> how are they going to attack Donald Trump for bringing in William Barr? William Barr is the best thing that ever happened to Biden. So they can't attack him there. You know, this entire COVID thing with Trump was a president all of a sudden having something foisted upon him that he was lied to about in terms of severity and death rate. Those were all lies. So he had to do something. Now, he allowed Pence, once again, the blind spot in Donald Trump, hiring practices, he allowed Pence to bring Fauci in. Let's remember who brought Fauci in. It was Mike Pence. Trump put Pence in charge of this COVID task force. But when Trump realized what a fraud Fauci was, he embarrassed Fauci repeatedly. But he should have fired him. That's one thing Trump hasn't done is fire people. And he needs to. He's fired some, but none of major import. William Barr should have been fired. William Barr never should have been hired. So... The Democrats have nothing against Trump other than their same old lies. But what are the Republicans going to say? I mean, First of all, Nikki Haley, he made you ambassador. Ron DeSantis, he made you governor. Tim Scott, he worked with you on the crime bill. He gave you all the credit. I mean, what are the, how are they going to go against Trump? It's going to be really difficult. So Molly Hemingway's 100% correct. It'll be interesting to see. I see no chance, is what I see. No chance. Donald Trump would actually have to be in jail for him not to be the nominee. There's no chance that any of the rest of them can beat him. Stephen Miller, who worked in the Trump administration, who I think is one of the more brilliant people in this country, especially when it comes to economics and foreign policy, he knows where most of this uh, election will go into the important issues and their foreign policy. And in particular, I think the foreign policy element is going to be at the center of the conversation moving forward, with President Trump being crystal clear about his desire for an immediate ceasefire and political settlement in Ukraine. And that issue I believe more than any other in the weeks to come is going to be the center of the dialogue. And so I would hope, I would hope that reporters in many settings have an opportunity to grill the candidates on that issue. Yeah, I would love to hear it too, but they won't. You can imagine the kind of questions in these debates. You know, I really believe they should, in, instead of these media people hosting these debates and asking questions, I would like to see the town hall setting that Donald Trump did on CNN, for instance. I would like to see people in the audience ask questions. Now, we know we know what they'll do. They'll plant the questions, of course. They always do. But that's okay, too. 
as long as you have one Republican, one person who identifies with the Republican Party and one with the Democrat Party asking the questions, I'm fine with that. We will get more intelligent questions from people in the audience than we will ever get from the media. We will get a fairer representation of what people are worried about than we will with the media. We won't get any of these nonsensical questions like we did from Chris Wallace. Uh, Mr. President, do you renounce white supremacy? What? What kind of a stupid-ass question was that? And then to make a big issue out of it. You won't get any of that from normal people. They're going to wonder about their pocketbooks. They're going to wonder about inflation, about taxes, about gas prices, energy independence, the southern border. You're going to get all the right questions if you have a town hall debate. Do not have debates with these media people anymore. And if I'm running the Republican Party like that imbecile Ronna McDaniel is, she'll never think of that. She'll never push for that. She's probably in bed with all of the media people to begin with. The the Republicans, once again, failing miserably in leadership roles. But Trump's got all the power. Trump needs to just say, you know what? I'll do debates, but there'll be town halls. The questions will come from the people there, not from the media. We will not have any questions from the media. If you want me to debate you, those are the rules. And that's simple. And how could anyone get upset with him? If you're a voter... How could you say, well, Donald Trump's ducking the debates? No, he wants you to ask him the questions. And if he does that, he'll become more popular. Because people out there are going to then see, wait a minute, he actually is interested in what we think is important. The rest of them aren't. They want to go through the same debate format that has been done unsuccessfully for decades now. Let's have a question from the audience. The candidate answers the question. How simple. And Trump will be so popular when he does that. Because you know these networks will fight like hell not to do that. They want all the power. They're like the liberals. They want all the power in their people to be questioning these candidates. But if you go out there and you make a big deal out of it, that you want regular people, regular voters to ask the questions, that will resonate with independents. It'll resonate with women. It'll probably resonate with Democrats. And I think it's a winning formula. A winning formula. If he does that. Now, the media lunatics have already decided that if you're a Trump supporter, they have a new name for you, and they have a new name for Trump, too. We're part of a cult, and he's the cult leader. But it's very important to expose him for who he is, which is not a regular politician, but a violent cult leader. He leads a powerful cult of personality. The Republican Party that has become a cult of personality around Donald Trump. So the other name-calling didn't work. You're racist, fascist. Oh, boy, we've worn them to the ground. Nobody buys it. Everybody knows we're full of crap. Let's call it a cult. He's the cult leader. He's Jim Jones. Let's do that. Maybe that'll work. Maybe. Everyone knows it won't, but they think it will. They'll be changing words to describe President Trump many times between now and 2024's election. 
But right now, the operative word is cult. We're part of a cult, you and I. We support Donald Trump. We're part of a cult. And he's the cult leader. Because cult has a negative connotation. So let's use that. And they'll use it as often as they can. Now, only a buffoon buys into that. But we, as we know, this is an illiterate country. I've been saying all along that they're not going to let Trump run. Excuse me. They're not going to let Biden run. The liberals aren't. It's political suicide for them. I'm stunned that they can't get behind uh, Robert Kennedy, although it would certainly be saying, you know what, even though this guy was our president, we realized that he just can't cut it. Ted Cruz was of that same opinion, that they would not let Biden run. But he thinks they will now, and he has an interesting twist. I now think he's likely to be the Democrat nominee. Because I think the Democrats think Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. And I think the way Democrats think, they think, okay, if Trump's the nominee, they can hide Biden in a basement for two years and just run on how much they hate Trump. I think that's their strategy. I think if at any point in the coming months, Democrats suddenly think it's going to be anybody but Trump, I think they'll throw Joe to the curb and try to find someone younger. Because Joe, at this point, the guy can't tie his shoes without assistance. It's right. It's true. I mean, it's the funniest things are true, right? It's always been the case. Joe Biden can't tie his shoes without assistance. He certainly can't find his way off of a podium without assistance. He can't speak. But he's right. If Trump runs against Biden, the liberals think they can hide Biden away and just run on how much they hate Trump. And they hope that hatred, they can stir up hatred to somehow pull it off. They can't. They have to cheat in order to win. But that's, that is their strategy. Ted Cruz is 100% right. Run on policy? No, 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 no. We don't have any policy ideas. We hate Trump, and you should too. That's the liberal message for the country. We hate Trump. You should too. Therefore, vote for our guy, and we'll build back better. Does any rational person out there, and, and you know, you talk to your friends or your family, just ask them if they think that they actually are in a better position today than they were when uh, Donald Trump was in office. It's the old Reagan question, are you better off now than you were four years ago? But we're not four years. We're, we're two and a half years ago. Is anybody in a better situation than they were back then? The answer that everybody would give is no. That's not even opinion. Anyone who would say yes is delusional. No one's better off. And you can give me your list of a thousand reasons that it's not Joe Biden's fault. It's exactly his fault. He's the guy who undid all of the Trump policies that were working. He's the guy. So Ted Cruz is right. They'll run on hating Trump. It's pretty amazing. but that's what they're going to try to do. Now, the delicate balance for the liberals, if Ted Cruz is right, if the liberals believe that they can beat Trump, so they want him to be the nominee, they have to be careful how much they tread on him in terms of trying to taint him. So if we continue to arrest him or continue to charge him or continue to make him go through these wasted, long trials that the taxpayers are funding, of course, at some point, when do the taxpayers get pissed off at that? 
But if they keep doing it and they damage him so that he doesn't win the nomination, now what are they going to do? Because they believe they can beat him. That's a misguided belief, but they best be careful. And if you're looking for distinguishing points, okay, what would Trump do? What does Biden do? You can start out by just looking at the Chinese love affair, the Ukraine love affair that Biden's been carrying on. Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, she wants open borders. Biden wants open borders. That's how she's speaking for him. The Biden-Harris administration announced those sweeping measures that I mentioned uh, moments ago from the state and DHS uh, to expand legal pathways, launch regional process centers, surge uh, asylum officers and judges, and more. (laughs) She reads every word, doesn't she? God, she's stupid. So open borders, we know that, we've seen it. We've also seen what Donald Trump will do. See, we know what Ron DeSantis would say he would do with the border. But we know what Donald Trump will do because he's done it. That's a big advantage. A big advantage. Donald Trump kept his promises when he ran. What he ran on, he did. You hear people like Jim Brown talking about how Donald Trump would listen to them. Martin Luther King Jr.'s relatives, he listens to us. What he did for historically black uh, colleges and universities in terms of the funding the crime bill that was aimed at more leniency on offenders that were mostly, largely black that weren't convicted of violent crimes. All of those things were helpful to the black community. He says he would end Ukraine in 24 hours. I believe him. Biden wants it to keep going. So do all of Biden's people. How long do they want it to keep going? Well, we'll use their words. And we will support Ukraine's defense for as long as it takes. Supporting Ukraine as long as it takes. For uh, as long as it takes. That's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. As Biden walked off the podium there to shake his hand, he was walking in the wrong direction. Zelensky was on the other side. (laughs) But as long as it takes, that is the ultimate open-ended phrase, isn't it? How long are you going to be with us? As long as it takes. As long as it takes for what? To get obliterated? What do you mean as long as it takes? It is It is really designed to allow Biden to do whatever he wants for Ukraine. Give them all of our money. Launder as much of his money as his criminally obtained money as he can through that criminal wandering house known as Ukraine. As long as it takes. I've never heard anybody say something like that. Trump gave us a deadline, 24 hours. Biden says as long as it takes. All of his people say as long as it takes. And then you've got Biden and Kirby and Janet Yellen just in an abject love affair, love affair with China. We're not looking to decouple from China. We'd like to see this relationship get onto a better footing. A growing China that plays by international rules is good for the United States and the world. If it plays by international rules, I love that. When did China play by international rules? Answer, never, ever, ever. 
So we know what Trump will do. We know what Biden will do. We're not sure on DeSantis with China. By the way, I always mention how Trump pulled, pushed uh, DeSantis over the hill. I didn't realize as close as it was, it was 496 to 49.2% over Andrew Gillum or Anthony Gillum, whatever his name was, in that Florida gubernatorial race, the first one for DeSantis. Trump came in and endorsed him late and pushed him over the top, barely. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even be running for president today if it weren't for Trump. So that's China. Who's the friend of China? We know who the friend to China is. China wants to destroy us, by the way, just so everybody remembers that. Stephen Miller, what will Trump do with China? What you are going to see is a complete and total refocusing of our national conversation. As President Trump has said, I'm decoupling from China so that we are no longer intertwined with their economy and our pharmaceutical industry, our defense industrial base, Bring and our home. essential medical goods are made here in America. Here. Those computer chips that we're so desperate to have, I will promise you, if Donald Trump's president, those will be manufactured here. And then the, and I and I do get it, I'm, I'm, God forgive me, but I get a kick out of the stupidity level of Democrats and liberals and their media hacks. And this Nicole Wallace is almost fun to watch because if you watch her, you immediately get a sense of high self-esteem for yourself. You immediately realize that you're way smarter than she is. You immediately realize that on any topic whatsoever, she's illiterate, which makes you really smart when you compare her to you. James Comer was talking about the shell companies that the Biden crime family has put together in order to launder money. And Nicole Wallace (laughs) mocked him and then said, somehow brazenly lying that there's no evidence. Take me to your leader. We should point out, though, so far, that investigation run by that guy into the Biden family finances has produced nada, nothing, not a single piece of evidence showing that the Biden family engaged in any criminal activity. This shows how morbidly stupid she is. To say something like that, we know that you're on the payroll of the Liberal Party. We get that. But to completely make an ass of yourself like that and not apparently not be aware that you're making an ass of yourself is really the highest level of stupidity you can find. To say there's no evidence. James Comer detailed a minimum of four companies and over $10 million that was money laundered through shell companies who have no reason to exist other than to launder money for the Biden crime family. They have bank accounts where Biden's grandchildren receive money from foreign entities. But Nicole, Nicole Wallace says, there's no evidence. How about her doing this? <laughs> Take me to your leader. What does that even mean? Take me to your leader. What does that mean? <laughs> it doesn't even apply. Take me to your leader. Nada. No evidence whatsoever of any criminal wrongdoing. What does this woman want? I mean, literally, what does she want? Short of Biden saying, I'm a complete and utter criminal. I've been money laundering for decades. Nothing else will suffice for her. And even then she'll say how she feels sorry for him, that somehow he got the raw end of the deal somewhere and he had had to take money. What do you need as evidence? The Liberal Party lives in a 
perpetual state of denial. When confronted with obvious evidence of election fraud, they, oh, no, I don't see any evidence. When you give them this evidence of criminal behavior, I don't see the evidence. (laughs) What do you see, you blind man, you blind woman? You see nothing. Like Sergeant Schultz, I see nothing, I know nothing, and that's a liberal mantra. I don't know if they've seen the report on the Biden laptop that Marco Polo put together. This is an entire book of all kinds of criminal evidence on the part of the Bidens. Our research assistant has it. She's going through it. I think I'd beat my head against the wall if I went through it. But Nicole Wallace wants evidence. Nicole Wallace, I'm starting to believe, can't read. So since she can't read and she certainly has no concept of how business operates, she has no concept of how people launder money, she has no concept of creating shell companies that have no earthly reason to exist other than to launder money. She thinks laundering money is putting your cash in the washing machine and turning it on. That's what Nicole Wallace thinks. She is that stupid. And then just to say, I'm not as dumb as everybody, she brought Eric Swalwell on. And Swalwell says that liberals have to constantly play from behind to fight the lies of the Republicans. So we're constantly playing catch up uh, to their lies. Uh, and so that's why I've you know, urged my colleagues to take a 3D approach, which is discredit before every hearing uh, to make sure that the public knows that this is all nonsense and unwarranted, to defend any volley uh, that is substantive, but not to chase and, and defend every volley that they level against us, and then to pivot to what we delivered when we are in the majority and what we will deliver if we ever get the majority back. <laughs> Mr. 3D, he thinks that's clever. I love it when politicians come up with these stupid-ass mantras. My 3D policy, 3D, discredit. He's admitting that the Democrats will lie to you prior to every hearing that the Republicans have. They don't know what the hearing is going to bring in terms of evidence, but they're going to go before television cameras prior to the hearing and lie to the American people and tell them that this hearing is discredited, means nothing. Of course, coming from liberal mouths, that's funny. So we're going to discredit it. We're going to destroy people before they even testify. We don't know what they're going to testify to, but they're lying to you. That's what they're saying. Then he says, since there's nothing that's going to be credible coming out of the the Republican hearings, he says we're going to defend the substantive volleys that they throw. Well, wait a minute. If nothing the Republicans are saying has credibility, why do you feel the need to defend anything substantive? They don't have anything that's substantive. You've already told us that before the hearing. You discredited the hearing. So anything that comes out of this hearing, you're telling us, is not substantive. That's the very definition of discrediting it. But then if the Republicans do have something that we said they didn't have, that we lied about, We'll lie some more, and we'll defend it, and then we'll deliver. We'll show the people how we've delivered before, and we'll deliver again. Delivered what? What did you deliver 
when you had the power in the House. You had the last two years of President Trump. You had the first two years of Biden. You had power in the House. What did you do? You raised taxes. We have higher inflation. You th- you passed a bunch of pork belly issues for your friends. What else did you do? What did you do for me, for us, for the American people? Did you do anything? You opened the border. You refused to act on the border. You are funding a war in Ukraine that you could be giving to poor people here. What about these homeless people? What about our veterans? Could some of that $115 billion that went to Ukraine somehow helped out here? You claim you did an infrastructure bill. That's what you claim. But I hit a pothole that was so deep the other night that the guy I was talking to on the phone said, what the hell was that? Apparently, the infrastructure bill hasn't reached the Missouri area yet. So what have you done, Swalwell? You've delivered. See, again, a a real journalist, and Nicole Wallace is nowhere near that. She's a political hack that worked for Bush. A journalist of any repute would have said, "Uh, Congressman, you say that the people should understand that you'll deliver if you get the power again because you delivered before. What did you deliver? Now, of course, he'd be stunned because he'll never get that question on these liberal shows. But if you then ask him the simple question that I did, because he's not very bright, I'm either really bright or he's just stupid. But all you have to do is say, you just said you would discredit everything the Republicans say beforehand. And then you said you'll defend the substantive accusations. Well, there aren't any. You just said there weren't any. What are you defending? And he would be crawling under his fang fang real fast. And he's so excited because he's now been declared innocent of criminal wrongdoing by the House Ethics Committee. That's a that's a novelty, isn't it? But he also says he knew it a long time ago because the FBI said so. I knew this all along because uh, the FBI said multiple times that all I did was help them and, and was never suspected of wrongdoing. It just reaffirms that this was weaponizing a process to try and silence me. To try and silence me. Like he has something important to say. Does anybody care what Eric Swalwell has to say? Oh, my God, we've got to muzzle him. Muzzle you from saying what? Stupid shit? Because that's all you ever say. We don't want to muzzle you from that. I get a kick out of it. I do not want to muzzle Nicole Wallace. She's a walking comedy show. I want her to continue to speak right up there with Whoopi Goldberg, right up there with... um, Joy Behor, I want them to continue to speak all the time. I'm a big butt. Yes, you are, Whoopi. Keep speaking. Don't ever shut up. We need you. You guys have destroyed comedy at comedy clubs, so we need your comedy on television. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, the negotiations on the debt ceiling... Are ongoing, And, of course, Kevin McCarthy did a smart thing. He got the Republicans to stick together and pass a bill that will tie everything that happens with the debt to cutting costs, cutting programs that are worthless, that are just typical liberal throwaway pork projects. That doesn't sit well with Cortez or Jayapal. And if you listen closely, Jayapal threatens violence if 
the Congress cuts costs. But if the president agrees to spending caps or if he agrees to work requirements on certain social safety programs. It's going to be a problem. I think there would be a huge backlash from our entire uh, House Democratic caucus, certainly the progressives, but also in the streets. Also in the streets? So if the Republicans have a bill that cuts spending, which everybody should be in favor of, and Biden because his hands are tied, agrees to it. Jayapel says there'll be violence in the streets. <laughs> That's all these people know. That's all they know. And they know they can get away with it, so they keep doing it. I don't know if you saw the story, and if this doesn't raise your antenna, nothing will about our government. Two things. First of all, that the senators are getting some sort of cell phones given to them in anticipation of something hitting the power grid? What does that say to you? But secondly, this guy that ran a U-Haul truck into the border, the outer borders of the White House at about five miles an hour. Now, he was of Hispanic descent, and yet the media calls him a white supremacist. That They rush to that, of course, all the time. In his truck, he didn't have any explosives or weapons or anything, but he did have a Nazi swastika flag folded neatly on the front seat. Now I'll let Vincent Colonese uh, describe what happened. This guy who drove into the barricades at the White House uh, last night is one of the most bizarre stories I've ever heard. And you're right to assess that it must be the product of mental illness because uh, this this young man of Indian descent, Kandula is his last name. He drives into the bollards outside the White House at five miles per hour in an empty U-Haul, except for the only thing he's got is a Nazi flag. And then law enforcement takes the flag out, which is very unusual for uh, the practice of collecting evidence, and then lays it on the ground, spreads it out, almost irons it out. Uh, time for tons of people to take photos of it. Uh, and it's just strange. I, it's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. He's an Indian white supremacist, just like Kamala Harris is an Indian black person. <laughs> it's unbelievable, and it is true. He's right. Police don't take pieces of evidence out of a truck that was in the process of committing a crime and lay it out for you. They gather it without you being able to see what they're getting. But they got to get that swastika out there that was neatly folded and will almost iron it. He's right. They, they made it so clear. Oh, get those wrinkles out. we got to get a good, clear picture for the people. This is one of Trump's friends, this Indian white supremacist. I said Hispanic earlier. I meant Indian. Potato, potato. As long as it's a minority, they're making them white if they do something wrong. I promise you this guy talking about Walmart and how we should allow Walmart to be running the country. Doug McMillan is the president and CEO of Walmart. He's the guy that, you know, certainly should have his ear. And here are some of the facts about Walmart and why they should run our country. Americans spend $36 million at Walmart every hour of every day. This works out to $20,928 profit every minute. Walmart will sell more in January 1 to St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, than Target sells all year. 
Walmart is bigger than Home Depot, Kroger, Target, Sears, Costco, and Kmart combined. Walmart employs 1.6 million people, the world's largest private employer, and most speak English. Walmart is the largest company in the history of the world. Walmart now sells more food than Kroger, Safeway combined, and keep in mind they did all this in only 15 years. During this same period, 31 big supermarket chains sought bankruptcy. Walmart now sells more food than any other store in the world. Walmart has 3,900 stores in the USA, of which 1,906 are supercenters. This is 1,000 more than they had five years ago. This year, 7.2 billion different purchasing experiences will occur at Walmart. The Earth's population is 6.5 billion. 90% of all Americans live within 15 miles of Walmart. You may think I'm complaining, but I'm really laying the groundwork for suggesting that maybe we should hire the guys who run Walmart to fix the U.S. economy. Carpe diem to him. Damn right we should hire him. They should be advisors to President Trump. No doubt about it. Now, that same guy who's talking about Walmart and all those facts, can you imagine? $36 million an hour, $29,000 profit each minute. That would be a pretty good business model, right? And this guy also had some choice words for Biden. We have a president that had 36 years of experience as a U.S. senator and eight years as vice president. A president that promised to build back better. Our current president is the epitome of a corrupt career politician. We elected an immoral, unethical freeloader that never had a plan except to live on the public dole. A scoundrel who bends to the way of political winds and can't even finish a sentence without losing his train of thought. And you want Americans to believe you can be trusted with a government-run anything. If you don't think we need to drain the swamp, then you just plain don't think. And please try to understand what's wrong. We have lost our minds on career politicians and political correctness. Someone please tell me what the hell is wrong with people who run this country. We are begging Venezuela for oil. We're broke and can't help our own seniors, veterans, orphans, or homeless. In the last months, we have provided aid to Haiti, Chile, Turkey, and are funding the world climate change, and now NATO, Afghanistan, Ukraine, and Pakistan, previous home of bin Laden, literally billions of dollars. Our retired seniors living on a fixed income receive no aid as our southern border is overrun by illegals. Pretty sobering stuff. What of our people here in this country? Why do we not take care of our people? Why are we sending aid to Pakistan and all these other countries who hate us? What in the hell is wrong with this country? And by the way, that's been going on for a long time. But those numbers are stunning. Just think of all the good we could do here with that money. But the liberals don't want to help people here. They never have. They never have. Pretty scary stuff, isn't it? And here's his message to Congress. All 435 members of Congress and the 100 members of the U.S. Senate, 
The majority of you are corrupt morons. Consider your record and reflect on your performance. The U.S. Postal Service was established in 1775. You've had 247 years to get it right, and it's broke. Stamps cost 63 cents and may be going up in November to 66. Social Security established in 1935. You've had 87 years to get it right, and it's broke. Fannie Mae was established in 1938. You've had 87 years to get it right, and it's broke. The war on poverty started in 1964. You've had 58 years to get it right. It never went anywhere, and you stole from our Social Security Fund. One trillion dollars of our money is confiscated each year and transferred to the poor, and you want more. Medicare and Medicaid were established in 1965. You've had 57 years to get it right, and they're broke. Freddie Mac was established in 1970. You've had 52 years to get it right, and it's broke. The Department of Energy was created in 1977 to lessen our dependence on foreign oil. It has ballooned to 16,000 employees with a budget of $24 billion a year, and we import more oil than ever. You've had 45 years to get it right, and it's an abysmal failure. Carp. A quadruple DM to that guy. <laughs> if you had that record at your place of employment, you'd be fired so fast you would hit the pavement on the run. It's unbelievable how incompetent this country is. And all they do is tax us more to cover their mistakes and their incompetence. These are blatantly incompetent people. If you vote for an incumbent, you're part of the problem. Get all of their asses out. Every one of them. That includes Hawley, Schmidt. I mean, I will never vote for an incumbent again until this stuff gets turned around. Get them out. They don't listen to you anyway. How many people called Parsons' office to talk to him about what St. Louis needs, desperately needs from a prosecutor. He didn't listen. He didn't give a damn. Try calling Josh Hawley's office sometime. See if you get a response. You'd be lucky if somebody even answers the phone. They don't care. They don't care what you think. This is a cabal of criminals. That's what Washington, D.C. is. Nothing more, nothing less. And it will stay that way as long as we allow it to stay that way. So I say everybody head to Taco Bell for breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. Taco Bell is where it's at. I love their breakfast menu. I love that dollar crave menu where I can get a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a dollar. All those wonderful things. Wow. Can't beat it. All right. We'll take a break. We're coming right back. I was flying down the highway, weaving in and out of traffic. I was racing time. An old man pulled out in front of me, and I went crazy as can be. 
I lost my mind I blew my horn till I got close enough to see And what was on his car tax convicted me I should salute you from this heart of mine Thank you for placing your life on the line for me I'm free I pray that the rest of your journey is a peaceful one And may you take your own sweet time The things we take for granted in this life we lead are tragic. We should be ashamed. He left his home and family, cast his fate across the sea. Would we do the same? But he's got some stories he can tell Ain't that many ever made it back from hell B-O-W-369 I should salute you from this heart of mine Thank you for laying your life on the line for me of your journey is a peaceful one and may you take your own sweet time Mr. P.O.W. 369 Let me thank you one In. Kevin Slayton with you on this Wednesday morning right here in the Window World King's Court. Hold on one second, folks. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Hello. I get forgetful sometimes. But we're back. 
Our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746, and we welcome Steve in first. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Kevin, good morning, brother. How are you doing today? I am doing great. We're getting closer well, to I, Friday, so I'm always happy. Absolutely. Hey, that that guy that you had on there that was quoting off those statistics, if that doesn't knock you over, nothing ever will. Isn't that something? I mean, <laughs> I mean you, you got to be a complete moron not to see. You, you, you and I and other people can see this kind of stuff and uh, – you know, there's just so many, I guess you, you just got to say, there's just so many stupid people in this world. It's unbelievable. It is scary. <laughs> I mean, the level of stupidity, too. That, you know, it's not just that people are, okay, you're a dummy. No, these people are, are high-level stupid. It's incredible to see and hear those numbers that that guy just rattled off. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a record of incompetence that rivals anything in the history of mankind. Well, not only that, Kevin, but that actually supports idiots like Pelosi and the rest of these politicians coming out and saying you cannot run the government like a business. Well, you know what? You can't run it like a business if you want to be able to vote yourself a raise whenever you want. Right. If you want to just print money whenever you need it. I mean, yeah, it can't run like a business because you don't operate on profit and loss. It's that simple. And you don't account to anybody on what you're going to do. They might think they do, but they don't. No, and, and there's uh, no reason not to run the government based on profit and loss. That's how it should be run. But absolutely. again, they, they write checks that they don't have any qualms about writing. If you ran a business and you lost the kind of money they lose, you'd be out of business in a week. But oh, they just write right. a check, you know. Now, if you had a benefactor who just kept writing you checks like they do, meaning us, we're their benefactors, then you could stay in business forever and keep keep flopping, keep failing miserably, well, and yeah. nobody would care. Yeah, you just you just raise the debt ceiling and print more money every year, and uh, eventually, eventually, the egg's going to crack, and when it does, it's not going to be nice. But anyway, Kevin, that's that was just incredible that guy you had on and one other point I wanted to make is uh you know you're talking about DeSantis earlier uh going to run for president or going to announce it anyway and you know it, sometimes it just drives me nuts that they do this because you know the first thing that's going to happen is Donald Trump's going to attack them sure and that's just going to reduce their credibility when the time comes that we need them to run for president but Kevin, if, if I was going to run against Donald Trump, which would be probably the stupidest thing I would ever try to do, the only way I would run against him is to attack him on the people that he has hired. Christopher Ray, General Milley, Barr, uh, Sessions. You know, it, that's the only attack that you can make against him that would probably stick over anything else that he's done. And his policies have totally outweighed those mistakes, but they have been very costly to him. Boy, you're not kidding. But here's the thing. We we understand that um, these attacks go on in the primaries, and we, we, we worry that it'll weaken the candidate that's running for the Republican nomination. But look at the attacks that, that they gave to Biden back in 2020, the Democrats in the primaries. They were destroying him. He was dead in yeah. the water. So it, it really it, it gets forgotten real fast when you get in the general election. I really do believe that. And so I'm not I'm not as worried about the attacks that Trump makes on DeSantis or vice versa. 
I think it will all be forgotten once you get into the uh, general. Now, the, the liberals will use them, but I don't think people will pay much attention to them. They know it's electioneering, and there's there's going to be some people whose minds altered, but those people are easily maneuvered anyway. Right. Well, I I agree with that. It's just sad that, that they have to destroy each other when they all got great credibility. Every candidate that's running, uh, Tim Scott and, uh, you know, DeSantis and, and there, there's other ones like Christy Nome, if she ever decided to get in. These, these are great people that have done great work in their states and, and have uh, actually done what they said they were going to do and have actually protected their taxpayers. So these are the kind of people that you don't want to destroy. And maybe the best thing would be for Trump not to do any debates. That way, these guys aren't destroyed. And I think he will do a debate and destroy them once poll numbers tighten. He but will. He will destroy that, them. And that's yeah. why I've said all along that this this weak Republican Party that's run by a weak person, a Mittens Romney niece, uh, should have gotten DeSantis and Trump together a long time ago and resolve this issue so that it wouldn't boil over, which it's going to do now. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. makes no sense at all. You had the White House for the next 12 years if you'd gotten them together, but now who knows? Yeah, well, that guy you had on giving those statistics out, man, that almost needs to be a nationwide commercial if it's not. It does, and it, and it needs yeah. to be used by the Republicans in campaign commercials. Yeah, but they, they'd they be killing themselves, too, if they do that, because they're part of the problem. Well, they also. have to admit they're part of the problem. You say, we're part of the problem, except when President Trump was in office. Right. This has all been true, except when President Trump was in office. We weren't asking anybody for oil. We were energy independent for the first time. And that's, that's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, and we all had more money in our pockets. That's the big thing. All of us did. Yeah, Kevin, Carpe Diem, have a great day, buddy. Carpe Diem to you, Steve. Have a great one, bud. Yeah, it's just uh, some very strong truths in what that man was saying. Uh, You can't argue facts. Facts hit you over the head, and there they are. Think about all of those programs. They're all run into the ground, or they're all broke, or they're all ineffective. But when Trump was president, some of them weren't ineffective. In fact, some of them were very successful. Phone lines open 636 I was telling you about our good friends at Taco Bell. Folks, we, we want to get that dollar crave menu out there, the $5 crave menu. You've got the um, double chalupa in a box with two tacos and a soft drink for 5 bucks. 5 bucks. You've got the two, uh, the Grande Scrambler for less than three bucks for breakfast. Two different AM Crunch Wraps, less than three dollars for breakfast. Come on, you can't beat it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. Taco Bell does a great late night business. The price is always right at Taco Bell. Brought back the Mexican pizza, but you'll never go broke buying your dinner at Taco Bell or your breakfast or your lunch or your late night snack. Never. Because they've priced it just right for you, as they always have done. We support locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations, like the ones that are locally owned and operated in our areas. One in Chesterfield, Cape Girardeau, Union, Jackson, Missouri, St. Clair, in Illinois, in Jerseyville, Salem, Columbia, Springfield, DuCoin, Waterloo, those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations, and those are the ones I support. 
keep the money right here in our economy. Our phone line is open, 636-538-0746. I'm sure you want to know what Wanda Sykes thinks of the Republican candidates. This is what I get a kick out of with, with media people, is that they interview themselves as if someone out there is thinking, God, I, I, I'm really torn between the Republicans or the Democrat candidates. I wonder who I should vote for. I wonder who Wanda Sykes thinks would be the right choice. Suffice it to say, none of the Republicans. She says that she doesn't see how President Trump could even be nominated again. This is how dumb she is. As she looked at the polls. She says there are definitely pockets that he's going to dominate. Pockets. But I don't see across the country how he'll get the nomination. Right? Are we that bad, she says? Is the country that terrible? Really? First of all, the country is so bad that it's screaming for Donald Trump to be back in. Remember how bad it was in 2016, and he got in, and that's why he got in, because it was so bad. He convinced the black community, hey, what have you got to lose? Vote for me. These other people haven't done squat for you forever. But she says, old man Biden will beat him again, she said. We'll take that to the bank. Wanda Sykes. I wonder who, how she thinks the Cardinals and the Reds will do tonight. Since she said take it to the bank, that means I should bet on it, right? Hmm. She says she doesn't want anybody to think she'll have any objections if you call her a woke comic. First of all, you're not funny. I've never heard her say anything that was funny. She's another illiterate Hollywood bimbo who doesn't know a damn thing. There's a lot of those. That's going around. That's become quite a disease, right? And as if she wasn't the only one, along comes Ellen Barkin. Now, Ellen Barkin, most people won't even remember who she is. She's so damn old. She once was a successful actress, and and by once, I mean long, long time ago. And she proves that she is nothing but an illiterate buffoon who has a very limited vocabulary. She tweets out um, by apologizing for her comments and profanity before she writes, I'm sorry to have to say this. I'm sorry for my language, but I effing hate these MFing Republicans. Every last one. F them and one and all. They They always offer great solutions, don't they? And Chad Prather, who's a TV host from Blaze TV, took a shot right at her. You're so enlightened and stuff. Somebody else said, I'm so sad to hear you talk this way. I loved you as an actress, but a comment like the one you made is so hateful and over the top, I can no longer be a fan. Welcome to the inclusive, welcoming, and love everyone movement, another person wrote. Such reasoned and compelling intellectual discourse. Sure to really help. Way to go. One person said, I have no clue who you are, but you don't seem very nice. 
And some then, then wrote back, the feeling is mutual. I loathe these liberals, all of them. <laughs> but then here's the best part. This is the hypocrite. Remember what I said at the beginning of the show? Unless you're a hypocrite, you can't be a Democrat. And you can't be a liberal. Because at the top of her Twitter account, here's her tweet. Without love, there can be no justice. Without justice, there can be no love. <laughs> These effing hypocrites. Ellen Barkin, you're so old. First of all, most people don't know who you are. You were an actress that was marginally successful. You were never big time. You never won any awards. You were probably most famous for taking your clothes off in a movie with Al Pacino. Can't think of the name of it now. But that's about it. I don't know that you did anything else, Ellen Barkin. I mean, these these actors and actresses are just so pathetically arrogant. They're really stupid, too, but it's their arrogance... That is really my favorite. They think people die to hear what they have to say. And so they got after this hate mongerer. Because that's what she is. Nothing, A Sea of Love was the movie that I was talking about with Al Pacino. She's 69 years old, her bio says, but she looks like she's 100. I guess hating Republicans hasn't aged her very well. That is a venomous, hatred-filled woman, if ever there was one. Yikes. But that's what liberals are. She doesn't know why she hates everybody. She just hates. And she does it because she's a, a complete buffoon. These people are all unhappy. They're all hypocrites. Kind of scary, really. But it it always bears me out when I say something about them. They prove me right every single day. Between the level of stupidity and hypocrisy, I don't know which one's worse when it comes to Democrats. It's too close to call, as Tony LaRusso might say. But they are filled with hate. I think they hate themselves more than anything. They hate themselves for the things they say, for the things they do, for the people they vote for, for the way they've ruined the country. I think they, they maybe they feel a little remorse and a little self-loathing. If they do have self-loathing, that's the one area where they've been right their whole life. They're wise enough to detest who they are. 636-538-0746-0746 is the number if you want to jump in. So this announcement tonight, I'm not sure how I even feel about it with DeSantis. I, I don't want him running. I don't know what this announcement is all about with Elon Musk all of a sudden on board using Twitter or something or other. I, I don't know what they're using, what form of Twitter they're using. But it's somewhat bizarre, right? Somewhat bizarre. A buddy of mine just texted. He 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 would tweet back to her, not if you were the last woman on earth. 
And I would agree. I would completely agree with that. So I don't know about DeSantis tonight. I think it's uh, – uh, Steve was correct. I know that what, what will happen, the liberals are going to use this and try to destroy each other, the Republicans each other. But it, it, it fades. Once the general election hits, it starts to fade because the attention's focused on the two people running. So I do think that's what will happen. If, if you remember back in 2016, the 15 or 16 people that were opposing Trump in the Republican Party took pot shots at him left and right. And it didn't transfer over to the general election. I just think that kind of that stuff, while it's 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 ominous when it's going on, it fades. It just fades. People are people are either sick of the country the way it is, or they're not, and they want more. Imagine if you vote for Biden, you want more of this. <laughs> Ellen Barkin wants more. She wants more. Well, again, my my biggest piece of advice today to Donald Trump is this, and to all Republicans, actually, no matter who it is who ends up winning the nomination, do not agree to any debates at all anywhere that are monitored by media people. Let it be in a town hall format or don't do it at all. Take questions from the audience. Make sure that the audience is evenly split with people who registered as Republicans and Democrats. And then take one and all questions from the people, from issues that really matter to them. Not to politicians, not to media. That's a simple thing, isn't it? I mean, I'm not a genius for coming up with that that idea. I mean, it's simple. It makes perfect sense. And shame on Ronna McDaniel. What is she doing? What What is she doing to justify the money she gets paid? Well, carpe diem to me for that. All right, folks, we're going to take a break until tomorrow. But we'll be back fighting a good fight again for you tomorrow right here as we do every day, on KevinSlaytonShow.com. The podcast can be heard right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com, but as well on Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and any place you listen to podcasts. We're there. Ranked in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide, over 3 million podcasts. You put us there. We thank you. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. (laughs) 